It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Logan Couture wins it in overtime. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Thompson's back there, stolen back, side of the net, tipped in front. Nieto shoots and scores. Matt Nieto got the pass from Andrew Cogliano, and the Sharks are up 1-0. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that, obviously, we were ready to play. We played uh, uh, one of our better first periods in a long time. Um, you know, I thought, uh, I know they took the play to us late in the game. I think, you know, there's a little bit of fatigue there. Uh, missing a few key guys that uh, that would be playing in those situations. Um, you know, namely, obviously, uh Logan and Carly and guys like that. So, um, but I thought we came together and I thought we battled hard. We saw that, uh, you know, we sacrificed the body. We're blocking a lot of shots. Nice to see Hill um, stand tall in there and, and, and give us some key saves. And uh, I just thought it was a good road win. Um, Buffalo played desperate and, uh, you know, and, and uh, we knew they'd come out hard in their push and they did. And, uh, you know, for the most part, we, we did good things defensively. All right. Good morning, everyone. How are we all doing? I know that we are all feeling a little bit better after a much needed win for the San Jose Sharks. I always go back to the great line from John Madden. Winning is a great deodorant. Obviously, it doesn't cover up everything. It doesn't take away some of the bad losses, but still. It is a great deodorant from what we've seen from the Sharks as of late, and it was very nice to get that win on the board last night, and it was something that was asked to Bob Bugner after the game last night, but we look big picture at the San Jose Sharks, who are 18-16-1 with 37 points now overall, which again, I think compared to what many thought they would be, I would still say this team is overachieving. The Sharks currently sit at 6th in the Pacific. They are tied in points with Los Angeles, who are in 5th. Edmonton is in 4th, 1 point ahead of the Sharks. Calgary is in 3rd, 3 points ahead of the Sharks. Anaheim is in 2nd, 6 points ahead of the Sharks. And Vegas is in 1st, 10 points ahead of the Sharks. Then we go look at the wild card standings. The Sharks currently sitting uh, pretty much where they were yesterday, 5th in the wild card, 37 points, tied with L.A., Tied with Winnipeg, one point back of second place Edmonton and five points back of first place Minnesota, who did snap their slide with a win. But ultimately, the Sharks, and I know the only guys of which I'm going to be judging them this year is not whether or not they make the playoffs. I think that compared to what we have saw last year and the 1920 season, this team is obviously better. So I am more judging this team this year by improvement in taking strides to be a better team, at least in others situated for going ahead into the future. But right now, the fact that in both the division and in the wild card, they're not that far out. 
And that is something that I think is very, very much something that we should be pleased with. Or if you don't want to be pleased with it and you still think this team is underwhelming you, then, well, you know what? They are better than they were last year, which is to me a sign of improvement and at least a sign that they are able to make the necessary adjustments to be better from one year to the next. And I think that the most important thing we saw out of last night, especially after them getting jumped against Pittsburgh and then just slumping against Detroit was that the Sharks had a good start. They were the more aggressive team out of the gate. You know, there wasn't a lot of neutral zone activity early on. Both teams were being a little bit tentative. They wanted to make sure that they had their guys uh, there ready to greet the offense as it came into the zone and they weren't going to get spread out. But you know what? I thought that was okay that they were not going to be overly zealous in that game because they knew they'd made some mistakes. They didn't want to open up. And ultimately, when the Sharks were able to have their opportunities, they took advantage of it. When you go up one nothing on the road, as we've seen teams do to the Sharks, that's going to put you in a overall good spot or where you want to be. And I don't have to, you know, I'm not breaking any news to you, but the Sharks are a front-running team. They are significantly better when they do get ahead. So they jump ahead with that first goal from Matt Nieto. Shortly thereafter, about a minute and 15 seconds after that, Timo gets a goal to put them on the board 2-0, and then it's Tomas Hurdle before the period ends to give them a 3-0 lead. Now, yes, the Sharks from that point on were not the same team, and we can talk about that a little bit more, but you see the importance of that good start. You see the importance of them getting out in front early. And it's not just about having a three-goal lead, although in the vein of this game, having that three-goal buffer was important because we did see the expected pushback from Buffalo, but we saw the Sharks play a game that was one they could win. We saw them put themselves in a position to win, and I think that ultimately is what you want to see from the Sharks in any given game. Put yourself in a position where you're not down 3-0, where you're not down 6-1 after the first period. If the Sharks score the first goal and then they come back and give up a goal and it's 1-1 after the first, I'm not, you know, I'm not crying over that. (laughs) When it's 6-1 after the first or you go down 3-0 automatically, then it's a little bit more troubling, right? I mean, you give up a goal, you score a goal, you go up two, you give up one, you give, you score one, you go down two. You just don't want to be in the situation where, you, where you're chasing a game. I think with this Sharks team, when they give up a goal early, they abandon their identity and they open up and they are the reactive team. I think that if they were to score one and then give up two, where it's more of a back and forth in a game like that, then you're not chasing the game the same way. And in this game, the Sharks were able to take the lead and then add on top of it and dictate the control of the game. And it doesn't always have to be a 2-0, 3-0 lead for the Sharks to win a game. It's just got to be the style of a game where it's a back and forth, where there's an individual ebb and flow within a game, of which there was in this game, but the Sharks still gave themselves a chance to win And that was so important to me. The other aspect I look at this is that we really needed to see a lot about the Sharks mentality. And I I credit Mario Ferraro being back in this game for the San Jose Sharks as being a definite factor, even if he was not as impactful as he maybe normally would have been because he's coming off of the COVID list, which of course is always going to be a factor. He did play 24 minutes last night, so credit to him. But the Sharks needed to respond, right? They'd had two abysmal performances to start off this road trip and it did not look promising in the slightest but much to their credit 
in a game they could win, which is very important to me. They showed up with a response that allowed them to refine their game, to implement their structure, to be the team that I think we all know they are capable of being. And they played the defensive first team with a strong forecheck, kept the puck away from the front of their net. And when they did get shots on goal, Aiden Hill made the save. I mean, I think we look at the Sharks and we see ultimately game after game after game that this is a team that needs a team effort to win night in, night out. Yes, sometimes you're going to get brilliant performances from individual players. That, that, that does not outweigh what the Sharks need to do to win. They need to be good with the puck. They need to not turn it over at the blue line. They need to be solid on the entry. They need to defend well. They need to keep the forecheck going. They, I mean, you just go on and on and on and on with what they do in any given game combined with what they need from their goalie on a given night. And it is a it is a team that requires everybody to have a good game. They can't have too many guys having an off night. That's why I thought it was so important last night that Shimek was out there making big hits and making impactful games and may have been one of the unsung heroes of this game. Same thing with Benino and Cagliano is they didn't get, you know, the, the credit. They didn't score the goals, I, I should put it that way, but they were a big part part of helping Nieto score that first goal of the night that allowed the Sharks to take control. And I think that when you look at factors like that, when you do get a good game from Shimek, when you do get, you know, Bones and Cogs out there making big plays, it's huge. I mean, the Sharks require everybody. We've talked about this all year long about how they are not good enough to just rely on their stars, nor are they deep enough to expect contributions from the bottom six on any given night or you know it's really hard to to figure out there's been so much rotation with the Sharks this year but they need everybody they need everybody to come out there and contribute and I felt like last night was one of those games where everybody was out there contributing and it was it was good to see because when it requires a team performance and the team hasn't been playing well you don't know if the team is going to be able to find themselves in gel in that way that you would expect them to because I think there can be a tendency to get away from that and want to do it on your own. And I don't think it's, you know, F these guys, I'm going to go do it myself. It's no, it's that you get into that hero mentality where everybody is grinding a little bit too hard or everybody feels they have to push a little bit too hard. And I felt that one of the things the Sharks did really well last night is that in addition to being the more aggressive team early on, it wasn't overzealous. It wasn't, you know, they didn't let their momentum, you know, flip them over onto their face. They let the game come to them in an extent uh, or to the extent that they were just kind of watching it and trying to take advantage of it as opposed to just trying to force the issue and try and take the game over. Because when the Sharks do that, I think they've seen themselves open up and put themselves in a bad situation or put their goalies in a bad situation. And they let their team style open the, open things up for the first goal. And I think that, to me, is one of the most important things that you have going out there in that identity line of Nieto and also Cogliano and Bones. When you see that line go out there and let their style lead to a result in the way of a goal, that goes a lot in showing the team that, hey, if we play this style, if we stick to our guns, this is going to lead to a high-quality performance from start to finish. Now you get later into the game after the Sharks take the three nothing lead and they're in their own zone too often and they're defending a bit too much and they had a little bit more trouble and they got away from the four check a little bit. I, you know, I think that was because they played a bit more conservatively uh, after they were up three nothing, which isn't terrible because you, you do want to make sure everything's set when you're facing the opposition as they come into your zone. Now we can talk about where this team should be. And it's, listen, it's a matter of this team in the first 15, 20 games 
was trying to figure out exactly what that, that identity was and figuring out how they were going to do it. And at certain times they did do it, and at certain times they did, didn't do it. You also go after that in the next 20 games, which is where they are now, where they know what they have to be to win. When they get away from that, they lose, and sometimes they lose badly. But I think now that they have figured out the identity, it's like when they stick to that identity, it is a win. When the Sharks play that style of hockey where it's defense first, where it's conservative and you hit the home, you, you don't hit the home run passes, you're not even trying them as often, you play a simplified game, you see the results. And let's not also overlook the fact that, yes, the Sharks are beating a Sabres team that is not as good at them and, and it's a team you expect them to beat, but also they're doing it without Logan Couture. They're doing it without Eric Carlson. They're doing it without Jake Middleton, who has shown himself to be a very, very important piece this year. I think that's something you have to look at as well. You had Ryan Merkley stepping into the lineup. You've had Jacob Begna out there. You've had different guys coming up, and there wasn't maybe there wasn't the desperation last night. Maybe they didn't need to be desperate last night because sometimes if you're desperate, you can open up and you can make some small mistakes because you're playing a little bit more based on emotion than you are, maybe the intelligence of the team style. But again, we're looking at a Sharks team that was able to win a winnable game without some of their best players, knowing that there are COVID absences, just as every team is dealing with around the league. And while they had some injuries as well, and listen, I know that Buffalo, you know, like every other team in the NHL has had to deal with these things, but still that was something the Sharks had to deal with and they overcame it. They had performances from all the guys on the ice, and I think that that is exactly what it's going to take going forward, at least until they're 100% healthy. When they do get everybody back up to snuff and when they get, you know, more of their players back from injury, of which, you know, yeah, there's guys who've been out for a while, and, uh, you know, you, you look at even a guy like Kevin LeBanc who's been out for a while and will be out for a while. These absences that take away from the overall team design mean other guys have to step up and come up with big performances, and you, you weren't expecting to lean on some of these guys the way you were, but... You see the importance. You see the importance of these guys and why they've been put out there and why they've been given these opportunities and why Bob Bugner is looking at these guys and saying, okay, you know, Ryan Merkley, you're our top draft pick from 2018 and we know you want to be the guy going forward. Show it. And I think that Merkley has shown that when he's been called upon, he can come out and play in this league. He's not incredible at this point. And he is still learning his game, but he has shown enough improvement and shown the ability to step in for the Sharks and help them. I mean, just again, you look at the team effort it takes to win. That's what I keep on coming back to. And I think that that team effort in those losses against Pittsburgh and Detroit, it was just, it, it's not that the effort wasn't there. It was it was what Bob Bugner talks about. It's like, you know, the guys are playing hard, but they get away from their details and they make small mistakes or they try to hit the home run pass or they don't get a guy back or somebody doesn't shift over in D and it leads to a defensive breakdown. It creates an opening of which other teams will punish them. I think that sometimes you got to just be reminded, and for this Sharks team, sometimes it's been some a smack in the face of a bad loss that, okay, we do have to get back to this. We can't play that style. We can't collapse. And I think that the Sharks, true to form this year, when they have been pushed up against the wall, they've come back with a big performance. I go back to October 30th, I believe it was, the Saturday night against Winnipeg when they lost all the guys to covid That was the big moment for the Sharks. Their backs were against the wall. They stepped up with a huge win. Credit to them for being able to do so. That was one of those moments last night where they had just been absolutely, you know, tossed around for two consecutive games. And what do they do? They come up with a big response. They come up with a big moment. They come up with a big factor. And they have that 
effort-filled, clean game, just like we saw against Philadelphia. An important game after that Arizona performance, which was, you know, more indicative of where everybody around the league was after a layoff. But yeah, it was not, that was not what you hope or expect to see. You want to see the Sharks come up with a big performance. They did that against Philadelphia. They had two bad games to start off that trip or this trip they're currently on. And what do they do? They play one of their cleaner games. I mean, two out of their last four games, if we look at Philadelphia and we look at Buffalo and we look at also the two games against Pittsburgh and Detroit, two have been clean Nice performances where they've gone out and gotten a, a style of victory that is consistent with what it takes for them to win in the 2021-2022 campaign. And two of them, they have completely gotten away from their game. They have completely just been beaten up on the ice, and they've seen the results. I think Bob Bugner should be able to say, hey guys, against Philadelphia, against Buffalo versus Detroit and Pittsburgh, let's compare the results. Let's look at the way we played. Let's look at the results. I think that's a pretty clear picture that Bugner can paint for his team. I know you might say that, yes, Pittsburgh is still a potent team that is getting healthier as they get deeper into the year. I'll give you that one. Detroit, to me, does not in any way, shape, or form represent a team that is, quote-unquote, better than the San Jose Sharks. That was the Sharks getting away from their game, lesson not having been learned from where they were against Pittsburgh, and it was just them not playing the style of game that they need to play. I mean, I don't know how much more clear you need to be about it, but that was a great example. I feel that the Sharks losing to Pittsburgh, I didn't like them losing in that fashion, but losing that game, even though I felt it was a team they could win, okay, you lose to Pittsburgh, take out the score, and you say, okay, I can handle that. Sharks are good enough to beat Detroit. Sharks are good enough to beat Buffalo. They just beat Buffalo. I wish they had beat Detroit as well, but now you can salvage this road trip. We just saw them beat Philadelphia not too long ago. The Sharks have the blueprint right in front of them, right? The Sharks know exactly how to beat this Flyers team, and they need to go out and play the exact same style of game that they did in that win at home against Philadelphia last week, and they need to go play that style of game they did last night in a win against Buffalo. It's not going to be easy. They're still on the road. Philadelphia is always an intimidating place to play. And also, the Sharks are going to be tired. They're still dealing with COVID absences. We don't know if they're going to get Carlson or Middleton back. It's stuff for the team to deal with. But that's what the regular season and 82 games present you with. But again, the blueprint is there for the Sharks with how they are going to or how they can beat Philadelphia. And you salvage a road trip. I wanted the Sharks to take three out of four. I saw one of those first two games against Pittsburgh or Detroit as being one of the quote-unquote losable games. I thought there was a chance for them to win all four. I'll be honest. I don't think that was wild for me to think that. A Pittsburgh loss, maybe not in the fashion they did lose it, to me was acceptable. I, I find the Detroit loss relatively unacceptable in the in the vein of you got to beat the teams you're better than. But they beat Buffalo, a team they are better than. And now Philadelphia, who's reeling, I believe they've lost five in a row this morning or coming into this morning. It's a team you have got to beat. You've got to beat them. And now you're presented with this opportunity to finish up this road trip two and two, which, yes, I wanted three and one. But 2-2 two and two on the road is not a bad place to be. That's what you're expected to do if you want to be a winning team in the NHL. And yes, I know you're saying, well, Ted, the Sharks are only barely over 500. I, yeah, that's winning. They have more wins than they do losses, even when you add in the overtime loss. And I'll take that from the Sharks because everyone I talked to that was not affiliated with the Sharks 
or intimately knowledgeable about them, thought the Sharks were potentially going to be in the last place in the Pacific Division. And instead, there is not that much separating them from the top of the division. And I do say that with Anaheim. Yes, Vegas is 10 points out in front, but Anaheim is only six points away, and Calgary in third is only three points away. The Sharks are not some wildly different team compared to the rest of the division. Vegas, yes, they're a bit out there in space, and when Jack Eichel joins them, they're going to get even better. However, the Sharks in sixth place are only six points behind where Anaheim is in second place. That can change in the matter of a week. That can change in the matter of, you know, a couple of games. Edmonton, you know, they are out of their minds losing right now what they had lost 11 to 13. Yeah, not going very well for them right now. And the Flames, the Sharks have taken care of business against them, so I'm not overly concerned with where the Sharks are with relationship to the rest of the division right now. And I really wish we could have gotten that game in Anaheim earlier this year to give the Sharks a really good test against an Anaheim team that has been very, very surprising this year, and they've cooled off compared to their compared to their hot start. But, you know, I, I still want to see the Sharks against that team. We have not seen them play, and we want to see the Kings as well. I'd like to revamp a little bit of that SoCal rivalry that we had, you know, a decade ago where every time the Sharks and Kings played, it felt like either a playoff preview or it felt like, you know, a battle for the top of the division. That's that's fun hockey. That's what we want. But before I get ahead of myself, the Sharks took care of business last night. They beat a team they were better than. They played the style of hockey they need to play to win games. It was a team victory, whether it was the defense, whether it was your goalies, whether it was your forwards. They took care of business and they got a win, and they're still in the hunt. We're going to take a break. We're going to get into some of that post-game reaction last night. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Welcome back to Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Now Merkley is getting back, and he falls down to the ice. Burns-like trying to block the play, and then mini two-on-one. And it managed to go off of the goaltender and back the other way. Barabanov, drop pass, hurdle, shoot, score! Tomas Hurdle on the drop pass from the right wing side and the Sharks lead 3-0. He is, and I thought that Tommy showed uh, uh, amazing leadership tonight and, and not just because he scored the game winner, but, uh, you know, he would sacrifice and he was blocking shots, his changes. He was making, you know, smart offensive zone changes. He was, um, you know, making sure on the bench, holding guys, uh, you know, pumping guys up and, and uh, you know, positive uh, encouragement to other guys. And he was just very part of the game tonight. I thought that was, uh, um, you know, he's a very engaged um, both verbally and, and with his game. And I thought he, uh, um, you know, he stepped up in Logan's absence tonight, you know, 100%. All right. Welcome back, everyone. That was Tomas Hurdle's goal, followed by Bob Bugner speaking about the leadership that was shown. And that's exactly what you want to hear at a moment like this of the San Jose Sharks season. When they are shorthanded, when they are on the road, when they're reeling after two bad losses, who's going to step up in that leadership role in the absence of Logan Couture? I mean, that is one of the reasons why Tomas Hurdle has the A on his shirt. You know, that's the leadership core of this San Jose Sharks team. And for Hurdle, a guy who's been here for a while with the team, he understands what it means to be a San Jose Shark. He has been there with the highs and the lows. 
And I think that that is exactly what he needs to do in that situation. He's leading by example with the goal that turned out to be the game winner. And he's also leading by being a literal leader and trying to rally the troops and trying to get guys going. I think that is just a big part of what the Sharks needed on a night like last night where you're playing a team that you need to beat because it's it's a necessary bounce back performance after two bad losses. And it's not going to be easy as that game goes on because you knew there was going to be the inevitable pushback from Buffalo of which there was. But when you get into the third period and your goalie's only given up one goal and then it does does come late where you have the overall, you know, man down situation where they add an extra attacker and pull their goalie six on four, it's not going to go very well in that situation. So Tomas Hurdle stepping up across the board. He defended really hard last night in addition to his usually, you know, high caliber offense. A big performance from him. And I thought that the team, you know, they needed that. They needed somebody to step up into that leadership role with Logan Couture out. And from what Bob Bugner was saying, and, you know, I think that he doesn't say that lightly. I think he says it also to emphasize something he wants to see from Tomas Hurdle going forward. And maybe. Maybe that is how Hurdle is going to be on any given night, but maybe it was particularly needed, necessary, and felt on a night like last night. Well, they got us going on the first goal and started with a four check with Bonesy having a great stick, and then Cogs making the play that he had on a quick strike. That's you know that's what what we try to do, and and that was a big goal for us, especially when we've been chasing games. Uh, um, the last few games we've been chasing, and, and we talk about that all the time. Uh, it allowed us to play with a lead. Um, you know, again, I thought that we weren't perfect, um, but we are a lot better, and it's a good sign yeah the identity line of Cogliano Bonino as well as Nieto that was a huge goal it was a huge moment in that game because you knew that if the Sharks struck first you felt like things were going to momentum shift in their way and that's exactly what happened and I think that for those guys in particular to get that goal the way they did like Bob alluded to getting the four check going and breaking out and finding Nieto and it was just it was a good goal. I mean, that was exactly what you needed at that moment of the game because it didn't it wasn't just that you took a one-nothing lead. It was the way the goal was earned. It was the way it was scored. It was the way it developed. Everything about it. Everybody on that line contributing. Everybody working hard. It was not some individual moment of brilliance. It was a collective. And the collective led to the results that the Sharks needed in that moment. So when I when I see that type of a performance, you know, you got to just look at that and think, yeah, that's exactly what they need. That was that was exactly what they needed in that moment. It's exactly what they got. And that's got to be the type of performance that you, you look at and you point to and you say that that specifically is exactly what we need to win this game. And I think that that message felt it reverberated across the board for everyone out there on the ice because you get an early lead, the hard work paid off, you're in control, and then you can get into your game even that much more and push down a little bit, play some downhill hockey. And that's what they did. Also, it was huge that you had a night from Aiden Hill in which, you know, the first goal he gave up, I did not have a problem with that. The second goal, again, at that situation in the game, when it's six on four, I don't have a problem with them giving up that goal. But Hill came up with a big performance, got back to the game that we saw from him earlier this year. Bob Bugner. No, I think it's 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 huge for his confidence, and I think that uh, um, you know goalies are just like anybody else and players, and, and it's about you know being confident and feeling good, feeling good in the net. And I think that we had a conversation this morning, and, and we talked about you know his good games, uh, the first game of the year, uh, how he played in Calgary, uh, how how uh, how well he played in Toronto, and uh, you know he just wasn't thinking. He came into camp very confident, and uh, um, you know and, and get back to that, you know, a little have have a little swagger in the net. And I thought he did that tonight. I think that. Uh, that we fed off that um he had uh, 
um, you could tell that he was uh, zoned in and he had that swagger. Yeah, Hill's game was huge last night because Buffalo did push back. He had two goals that he allowed. Again, I'm not going to have a performance in any game if you only give up two goals. It's the classic two or fewer. Brody and Curtis, thank you very much. But 37 saves, 949 save percentage. I mean, that's exactly what you need. And the Sharks were outshot rather massively, 39-21, almost doubled up. They didn't win the faceoff battle. The special teams battle was won by the Sabres. They had one power play to the Sharks, none. But I'll tell you what the Sharks did have. A big block shots advantage. You saw Noah Gregor. He got railed by one. Just absolutely hammered in blocking a shot. And I was like, oof, I hope he's all right after that. Because, yeah, I mean, guys get hurt when they get hit by pucks. I mean, again, this is the conversation I still need to have with Drew Remenda on his show. Because he hates it, apparently. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the Sharks took care of business. They were throwing their bodies out there. Shimek was coming up with huge hits. Yeah, Shimek, by the way, had a massive game. This is what Bob Bugner had to say about him. Loved it. I think, you know, Simmer made an impact in this game physically. And, you know, he, he had, uh, um, you know, his ice time reflects that and, and how hard he played down low. He was jumping a check. And uh, he was hard to play against tonight. And that's, that's what he has to bring on a nightly basis when he does. He's an effective player in our lineup. And the way we're talking about this game, whether it's Hurdle, whether it's Meyer, whether it's Nieto Bones and Cogliano, whether it's Aiden Hill, whether it's Redeem Shimek, whoever it's going to be, right? We're talking about a team-wide performance. And I think that that is why Bob Bugner is pretty pleased with this pushback. And he brought up the fact, and he was, or he was asked about the fact that they are still in the hunt for the playoffs, despite the rough start to the road trip. Absolutely. I mean, uh, hey, listen, we've got, we, we're going through some injuries right now. We're going through COVID like everybody else. And, uh, you know, we haven't had the luxury like a lot of teams uh, uh, of getting any postponed games and, and uh, you know, waiting to get a free and healthy lineup uh, for whatever reason. I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, we're playing shorthanded uh, right now and, and uh, we're finding ways. I mean, we got 18 wins and, uh, um, you know, it's probably right where we should be. I think that we have over uh, um, you know half a season play. Uh, we talked about staying in the hunt. We're doing that. And, and coming off this road trip, we have to have a good effort on, on Saturday and, uh, you know, get out of here 500 and, and try and forget about, uh, um, you know, a couple of the ugly games. Every team has them throughout the year. Um, and we just got to get to a point where we finally get back healthy and, and uh, you know, and, and uh, just play the team game. You know, we might not look at last night as being some big win for the San Jose Sharks right now, but... Later in the year, if they are still in the hunt, we will point to this as a moment where the Sharks stepped up after some big losses and won a winnable game. But now the question becomes, can they carry that into Philadelphia? Can they make it two in a row and hopefully carry some of that momentum back home to San Jose? That wraps it up for this morning tide. We are out of time for the San Jose Sharks. I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.